You're listening to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast. This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was sponsored by The Curious Lounge in Reading and Ticket Pass, the ethical ticketing company. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories Chat Podcast. I'm your host Rob Davis and I'm joined by Tom Canning. Hello. And very special guest, Lisha Povey. Lisha, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, very good. So Lisha, you're going to be uh, giving us all the insights on the women's game and maybe even a little bit of futsal if we have time later on, correct? <laughs> you always try and get some futsal in. I feel like that's the only reason I'm on. <laughs> yeah, well that's your, you know, USP. So uh, that's... <laughs> You know, certainly something we like to highlight, and it's always good to get your opinion on that. So, yeah. Uh, Tom, have you been over the last few weeks? It's been a little while since we've done one of these. Yes, uh, very good, very good. We did have um, a little podcast out last week uh, with Shay Bottomley around the Maidenhead United ground move, which was nice. But, yes, mm. together we've not been for, for a while, have we? So it's uh, it's good to be back. Um, to be I have a job now as well, so Ooh. that starts in January, so... So you Sometimes. don't have a job yet? No, no, no. Yeah. You almost have a job. You're on yes. next, you know, one step further on to having a job. <laughs> well done. Congratulations on that. Right. Well, we'll be covering all the, um, well, you know, we've got a few weeks of um, Berkshire football stories to cover and looking ahead to the weekend's games. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, last night, we're recording on Wednesday. So last night were County Cup fixtures, the Barks and Bucks uh, Senior Cup. Uh, there are a few to choose from. Um, uh, quite exciting games at the end. Tom, do you want to pick out like your favourite? Maybe Thatcham versus Reading, perhaps, would be the one, the one to highlight first of all. Yeah, I think that was um, that was uh, not necessarily a surprise, but that was probably two teams with players who know each other quite well. Um, certainly, a management team. Um, I think Yashua Romeo was, if I remember rightly, he was he was previously on the management team at Reading City. Um, so you know, a, a clash of two sides that know each other quite well, and it was Reading that came away with a four-one win on the night, um, which is you know that's a tremendous result for them. Thatcham have been doing having a really good season in the Isthmian League. We have seen teams rest a few players for these games, which is which is quite understandable. There are a lot of games at the moment. Um, there are a lot of games on heavy pitches, um, but we had what did we? Have? We've got Dan Ware, Dan, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Apologies, Dan. Um, Eddie Lee scored. Who else? I'm just scrolling through the goal scorers. Um, Donville. Oh, just just to, just to name Luke Donville. There we go. And um, this is incredibly professional. And then Eddie Lee again. So mm-hmm. um, Eddie, I've done that the wrong way around. Eddie Lee got the first one, but Thatcham Town took the lead. Um, they took the lead after five minutes. And then it was all Reading City. Very good, yeah. A step five club beating a step four club in the local uh, competition there. Uh, so yeah, quite uh, quite a turnaround, quite an upset uh, for Reading City, who uh, you know progressed to the fourth round, I believe it is now, um, with some yes. uh, some of the bigger teams. Yeah. Yes, we will see Milton Keynes, Dons, Reading FC, Wickham Wanderers in the next round, which oh, is quite so. exciting. So those these, those are the ones that everybody wants. Yeah, potential for a big tie for uh, Reading City. Uh, Lish, do you follow much of the uh, uh, the local football around the Barks and Bucks uh, Cup here? Um, you got any insights on any of the teams that we've got uh, listed out who were playing last <laughs> night? 
Uh, not any of those, unfortunately. Um, I think, obviously, I moved down to the, the county of Hampshire. So yes. um, I've been a bit out of it. Obviously, a couple of seasons ago, I was at Wickham. So yeah. I've got quite a good insight into them. And obviously, MK Don's um, coming into the, those competitions. So like Tom said, like those are the ties that everyone wants. Um, so, yeah, it's just it just becomes an occasion. So I think all those teams looking forward to those rounds and, yeah, getting a like getting a result against those teams would be amazing mm. for them, I think. How do the teams, so the professional sides, see these sort of competitions? Because, I mean, it's, you know, they, they get a buy into the quarterfinal, I believe it is. Uh, that's the stage we're at now. And uh, we've all, all mentioned how uh, Reading City will be hoping for, a, you know, a Reading or a MK Dons or a, a Wickham in the next round or, you know, a big tie, bring in some gate receipt. But how do the... um. How do the sort of professional sides see these competitions? Are they just uh, good opportunities to uh, try out some younger talents or, you know, extra fixtures that they perhaps don't want? What, what's the sort of general view of them? I don't think it's that they, the fixtures they don't want. Um, I think, like you say, it's definitely an opportunity for those younger players to, to sort of try and prove themselves. Um, I think an issue with, obviously, that sort of League One Championship, League Two sides, is there's not maybe those competitions that they can play those younger players. So you've got a lot of yeah. quite big squads and they're not getting game time. Um, like thinking back to when I was at Wickham, they had some very talented young players. Um, one of them, TJ Debar, he was kind of playing in those kind of competitions when I was there at Wickham. And he's now in the first team playing kind of like week in, week out in League One. So it's, yeah, definitely that opportunity to kind of to try some different things. Um, and yeah, get some game time, especially also players coming back who are injured, because that is that's always an issue getting that getting that game time and getting kind of match fitness. So yeah, but then it's it's like it's the clubs coming in from the other side, they're always gonna want to fight for that result. So it's always a good game, I think. That's yeah, kind of that fight that you wanna be getting into that first team for the that kind of League One, League Two guys. And then there's the fight for the the like smaller clubs to to be getting those big results, I think. Mm, absolutely. So Wickham are the most successful club in the competition. So, you know, I guess that would point to them taking it fairly seriously, but they haven't won it since 2011-12, the 2011-12 season. So, you know, mm -hmm. maybe this year's the year or maybe it could be the year for a team like Reading City. Yeah, I guess it's it's about like prioritising um, yeah. as well. Like obviously, like you say, haven't won it for quite a while, but Wickham especially looking to to kind of push on at the top of League One. MK Dons hopefully like, trying to get back into League One, obviously not where they are at the moment. But yeah, it'll be an interesting, I think an interesting competition. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think it points also to there being some decent quality at step three, four, five, or, you know, even step one and two with Maidenhead and Slough in these competitions, because, you know, the big clubs don't always get it their own way. Uh, Reading won it a couple of seasons ago, of course, but they mm. were the um, when they beat Ascot in the final in the 21 22 season. But they were the um, only professional club to win it since I think that Wickham win. So, you know, it's it's I think you're right, the um, the younger players do get uh, played and you know, youth teams or squad players or whatever, but they're usually given some good games by um, by some decent uh, non league teams. Yeah, I think that, like you say, the, the non-league teams, they're, they're teams that they play together the whole season, they're well-drilled, mm. they know how each other play, whereas a lot of those kind of League One, League Two kind of younger sides, they're like, they're players that haven't necessarily played together, they're kind of thrown together, and they could be 
technical players, like very technical players, but that's not going to break down a side who've played together all season and have been sure. scoring goals like in whatever league they're in, whether that's lower down the pyramid or not. Very good indeed. Go on, Tom. I um I I always think it's a shame that the 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 league teams the professional teams don't start earlier. I feel like um you know when you see the crowds at some of the games they do. I think unless you were involved in the Long Grendon game with Wickham a couple of years ago, and there was over a thousand people there. I feel like it's a good opportunity to for those clubs to kind of almost just give something back. All they have to do is put a team out, which yeah. you know I don't I don't think that's a particularly difficult thing to do. So I think it's a shame they don't start earlier. Um, you know, but there we go it's it's something to aim for i also think it would make the other teams in the competition take it a bit more seriously if they if they knew they had the opportunity of a of a thousand crowd or some a thousand plus crowd at, at various points in the season um so you know the, the other thing i was just trying to work out was who was the lowest team left and i'd assumed it was milton Keynes irish but they're a step five side now so yeah, barks county um, is still in it barks county of step oh, six are still in it so it's probably but it's barks county then isn't it as, yeah as the so they, they haven't left. played their third round game yet they're playing no. marlow uh, next yes. tuesday so yes um, next week yeah they won 10 nil in the previous round in a game that i was at <laughs> against uh, was that afc Alderboston in the box and bucks so yeah they're probably the i can't think of any other step six no there's, there's apologies if uh I'm missing someone. But there uh, isn't. Yeah. Just, even Milton United, I assumed, might be a step six. They're not. So no. There we go. So, but a big game potentially for Barks County if they get through Marlow. Not that Marlow isn't a particularly big game for them next week. But uh, yeah. And uh, just to round this out, Tom, the other two games. Uh, so, Hungerford getting a 4-2 win at Binfield. You attempted to go to that one almost, weren't you? But you didn't yeah. get there at the end, I believe. I did. Didn't, didn't uh, in the end. But um, I, I just... And I, and I almost hate to do this, um, but it was good to see um, Hungerford have a couple of youngsters in their mm. squad. They had, uh, who were the two lads? I had them here a second ago. There we go. Um, nope, 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 nope. Oh, for goodness sake. They were right there in front of Jake Flitter and Callum Ginger. Um, brilliantly named Callum Ginger, and I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, those two, those two lads were in the team. They've been called up from their academy side, which was great. So it's a good opportunity. But um, yeah, uh, Hungerford ran, ran out 4-2 winners. Um, and I haven't seen the Bracknell score yet, but you they tell me it's a defeat. lost 3-2 to Beaconsfield. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. Same, same division. Yeah, two steps, three sides. So, you know, uh, teams of a st- similar standard and wouldn't get them in cup games, like you say. Beaconsfield now get to go on and potentially have a big game yeah. against one of the uh, uh, league sides. So that's very good indeed. Before we do move on, um, mm-hmm. I think you should possibly also just mention Slough Town beating Covenant Waterlooville in the last minute. Yes, um, that was uh, that was that was great. And Maidenhead picked up another point on the road at Ebbsfleet United. I don't know if we were going to get on there. I was just not trying to fill time before Neil Maskell turned up, but he still hasn't turned up. So we might have to do the FA Cup bit in a minute. FA Cup bit in a minute, so you'll see. Um, getting to hear a um, admin meeting live on air there, so uh, <laughs> we might push that one back. Uh, the FA, um, the FA Cup talk back. Uh, just a moment, but we can like look ahead, or sorry, look back rather at FA Trophy fixtures because there's been lots of cup games uh, over the weekend, and uh, we had an FA Trophy on uh, Saturday with three 
Berkshire sides represented. Uh, Bracknell Town at home to Horsham. Uh, Hungerford Town at home to Truro City. And Slough Town at home to Farnborough. Which one of these do you want to start with, Tom? I think it's the, it's the Slough Town one, isn't it? There, there's lots going on off the field after that game. Oh, um, yeah, some, OK. Some pretty, uh, some pretty unsavoury scenes. Um, go read the club statements um, on, on those two bits. Um, there's not, it's not a nice video. Um, but, you know... <laughs> It's that is very unusual for that kind of thing to to happen, and I think that that will hopefully get get sorted out. Um, but yeah, two one to Slough, they they won that one. Uh, another really good cup result for them, uh, and I think they are they are having a, a, a real peak this season at the moment, aren't they? They are they are absolutely flying. Yeah, well, yeah, they're going quite well. Um, I think. The cup runs might have got slightly in the way with their league form, but uh, as you mentioned, uh, they managed to pick up a win last night. So uh, they're climbing the table in the um, in the uh, National League South. So they're just out of the relegation zone at the moment, um, three points clear. Uh, but yeah, they've had some decent form. They won two of their last three, so seven points in their last four games. Um, and yeah, they're just starting to sort of come into form and they have a few games in hand over teams ahead of them up the table. Um, so I want to bring you in on this, Lish. Uh, how much uh, How much do you follow the sort of um, the National League picture for uh, teams like Slough and uh, cover how they're doing? Um, and uh, what, what are your thoughts on the FA Trophy and those FA um, competitions for lower leagues in general? Um, I can't say it's one that I particularly follow. Um, mm. I was actually at Slough Town for a, a, about half a season um, <laughs> for their women's team, um, and I, I really rate them as a club. I think they're they're doing they're trying to go about things in the right way. So it's it's good to see that they're getting success on the pitch. Um, and I think I don't know. I'm just like I'm a sucker for any kind of cup cup competition. I think they're just like it's, a, it's an opportunity to be playing against those different different teams. Um, and I think they kind of they offer fans something a bit different, especially when maybe you're a team that's kind of been in a league, a certain league for quite a long time to be playing against different teams. It's just kind of adds a bit more excitement. But yeah, Slautown are always going to have yeah a little bit of a I've got that kind of link to them. So it's good to see that they're, they're getting some results. Yeah, very good. Indeed. So, yeah, uh, Slough Town getting through, as we mentioned. Also, Hungerford Town, a good win against Truro City there. 2-0 against the side uh, from the um, division above or the level above. Hungerford obviously getting relegated from the National South last season and Truro going the other way. So they essentially replaced each other in each other's divisions. And Hungerford got the 2-0 win against Truro um, on Saturday. Uh, Good result for them, Tom. Yeah, absolutely terrific result. Being a team that they got promoted from the same level last season, so I think Truro are having a bit of a bit of a bit of a sticky patch at the moment. But yeah, um, all three all three teams at home as well. Um, all three teams drawn away in the next mm. round as well, which is a nice little quirk. Um, so yeah, get that's a, that's a great win for for Hungerford uh, in that one. Um, I think the league form is a little bit up and down, so so a nice little trophy run might just be what they need. Um, and obviously Bracknell lost to FA Cup heroes Horsham, but I think uh, yes. they both both teams were in the FA Cup first round, um, so it was a it was a shootout between between two sides who who've been in the news in the in the national news recently. Um, it's Horsham that won that one three nil, um, yeah. so that that trophy's over for another year. 
um, and we'll see what happens next. When I mentioned three teams, obviously Maidenhead and now Maidenhead United are now in the draw, and we've had yes, the draw. We have had the draw, and the uh, prizes for each of our sides uh, for their uh, progress so far. Slough Town are away at uh, National League side Bromley. Uh, Maidenhead United coming in against fellow National League side again, as you mentioned, away from home. Uh, Dorking Wanderers and uh, the Hungerford. I have had it here and I lost it. So they're away oh. at Averley in the from the National League South. So Averley aside, who've also been promoted to the National League South last summer, but faring a little bit better than uh, Truro as they were in fact top of the league at one point. Uh, they've dropped down to second now. Uh, um, they're a little bit away from Yeovil, but they're still very much in the uh, playoff picture after having two back-to-back promotions. So aside on the up, Averley, and it might be a pretty tough test for Hunger for that one. I think all three of those are tough. <laughs> yeah, I really. think they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you're playing teams from uh, a level above Lish, what sort of, you know, what's your attitude going into the games? Uh, is it just a, um, I don't know, hope we don't get beaten or is it something, you know, we could really take a scalp here at, at some point? Uh you're probably the most experienced footballer out of the lot of us. Massively so, uh, disappointed you haven't asked me this question, Rob. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, how, how do you approach those sort of games? I don't think it's a hope you don't get beaten. I think maybe that's a subconscious feeling in the back of your mind. Um, I can tell yeah, you in think... the Bracknell Sunday League Cup competitions, it was, I hope we don't get beaten. <laughs> um, I think you just want to go out and give a really good account of yourself. Um, I mean, at the moment at work, obviously, so I work for Southampton. FC women, we're, we're preparing for Arsenal tomorrow um, in the Conti Cup. Cool. Um, so we've been doing a lot of kind of pre-match um, content with Marianne, who's the manager. And her message has very much been like, the pressure's not on us, um, which I think is, is a really good way to kind of approach those games. But um, I think as a player, like, because I've played at quite a lot of different levels, um, if I'm, I don't know, say I'm, I've been playing at like step five for a bit, and we come up against the step three club, which is kind of where I've been for quite a lot of my career. I'm kind of, I kind of want to prove myself and be like, I can play at that level if I want to. And it's kind of more of a personal thing rather than a, a team thing, but just a, just an ego boost maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think as a team, like you always just, you want to give a good account of yourself. And if you nick a win, then it's just, it feels even better. But yeah, I think take the pressure off and then just, and just go for it, I think. Very good indeed. Um, well, are we going to uh, delay further for the basketball? Uh, uh, no, or are we going to let him let's, come? Uh, let's go. If he if he well, comes in, he can add some some proper proper insight afterwards. Well, but, uh, yeah, we wanted to talk about the women's FA Cup because there are fixtures coming up this weekend, and uh, we have some Berkshire involvement, even still in the second round proper. Um, Actually, the Berkshire involvement isn't even playing this weekend, but the majority of the fixtures are so, uh, majority of the fixtures are taking place. So we had uh, two weeks ago, uh, Maidenhead United uh, played away at Sutton United in the um, first round of the Women's FA Cup and came out victorious four three. Was that one after extra time as well? I believe. Yes. So uh, yeah, four three after extra time away at Sutton United. So uh, a pretty thrilling cup tie there. And uh, Maidenhead's um, reward for this is a, an away tie uh, against Southampton or Brentford. Now, this isn't the Southampton that uh, you're associated with, Lish. It's not, no. So there's two teams in Southampton. There is Southampton Women's, who are also known as the Sirens, and then there's Southampton FC Women, which is where 
I ply my trade. Um, so yeah, two different, very different teams. Um, so Southampton women's are actually historically a very successful team in the women's game. They existed for a very long time um, and kind of ran parallel to Southampton FC as a club, as a men's side. Um, but now they're in the FA Women's National League Southwest. Um, but they've had some really successful seasons. They've got some very experienced players. There's actually a few ex-Saints players uh, who play there now. So, yeah, some very good players. They've not really had the start to this season that you would probably expect, given the players that they have. But that doesn't mean they're going to not be a, a very tough test if Maidenhead do come up against them. Yeah. So the other team is Brentford. Um, what do you know about uh, uh, Brentford? Because uh, th- that fixture between Southampton women and Brentford is taking place this weekend. It's a first round fixture when basically most of the other uh, second round ties are taking place. And then Maidenhead's fixture against the winners of that will take place the following weekend. Uh, so uh, who would Maidenhead be hoping t- uh, to get out of that? Southampton or Brentford, do you think? I think it's a hard one. I think they both... They're both very different challenges. Um, mm. Brentford, obviously, they're in the league, the league below both Maidenhead and, and Southampton. So, there's, I think you you don't want to go into a fixture like that, kind of thinking that that's a safe fixture. That, that yeah. just because they're in the league below, Brentford, um, I think they're kind of in a bit of a false position in terms of where they are in the pyramid. Um, Brentford, as a club, are putting a lot of time and effort into growing their women's game. Um, I think they train at, at Brentford's training ground. They get all the sort of same facilities and, and support from the men's side. So very much there's some very good players in that group. Um, I think Maiden, they've, there's a few ex-Maidenhead um, players as well in there. So that'll be quite an interesting mm-hmm. matchup. But I think, I don't know, it's hard to say, but maybe you want Southampton because because of the kind of difficult starts the season they've had. Yeah. Um, maybe because they were competing in the same league there's that that kind of understanding but Brentford is a bit of an unknown I think so I know it sounds funny but like, I think maybe they, they'll they'll prefer Southampton even though they're in the, the higher league yeah well maybe they're currently one place above Southampton in that league so um you know uh, like you say Southampton I think were competing to for promotion last season and uh uh, right up the top of the table, but this season not going quite as well. So yeah, like you say, a tricky start for them. But perhaps a team that's uh, that made it a slightly well, or evenly matched against a, a good chance. Perhaps whoever gets through, a decent chance for Maidenhead to progress to the third round. Yeah, I think that would be incredible for Maidenhead. I think watching as a sort of not that I was at Maidenhead very long, but as an ex Maidenhead player, I've got friends who play for for the club. I kind of keep an eye on their results and. It certainly looks like is it Ed Starkey, the the manager, he's doing the right the right things. Um, so yeah, they're they're definitely I think growing and they've got their development team. So yeah, I think getting into the, the kind of historic third round for them would be incredible and, and a testament to all the work that they've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Now we should mention also uh, as we're looking back at that first round. Um, we should also mention that <clears throat> Woodley United got there for the uh, first time in their history. Uh, unfortunately, weren't able to overcome Oxford United uh, in that. I mean, that's a team from, is it three levels above them? Lish, you might be able to help me out with that one. They're in step three. So, yeah, I think, I think yeah, I'm yeah, not very good at poss- math. <laughs> yeah, possibly three levels above, I think. Uh, and, yeah, 
Woodley United, fantastic uh, achievement to get to the first round for the first time in their history. But uh, Oxford United uh, going through 4-0 on the day. Um, so, yeah, but Tom, some credit for Woodley United and their, their run in the competition this season. Oh, definitely. I'm just uh, just scrolling back through some of their social media posts now. The, the crowd they had was, uh, was absolutely incredible, um, especially at sort of... No, at the pavilions it's not not specifically a football ground it's a it's a pitch with a with a pavilion where you can go and get changed so you know i think they there was a couple of hundred i, I remember seeing 400 i remember seeing the word 400 the the number 400 mentioned i'm not sure if that was quite correct but there were a lot of people there they had you know they put on a tea bar did a program um all this kind of stuff and they did they did absolutely brilliantly i think it it, it was it was it was really good to see um, and I hope that that you know they they've they've sort of quite quietly been building a reasonable match day experience down there. I know they've got some they use the facilities to to for for supporters and stuff like that. So they're ma- they're making a really nice nice deal of of going to watch that team, which is great. Very good indeed. Yeah, good to see another one of our uh, Berkshire women's clubs thriving uh, in the local area. There seems to be a lot coming through at the moment, so that's really good to see. Right, if we push on now, I've got the next item on my agenda, Tom, that you wrote. It just says FIB beer. Oh, yes. Uh, what, uh, what would you like to say about that? Uh, so we have been talking about um, clubs perhaps naming their own beer, having their own beer in their clubhouse. Um, in recent weeks, we thought, uh, well, I thought, I haven't really asked anybody, uh, I thought it only <laughs> that perhaps we do one as well. Um, so it's going to be the uh, the away day Pilsner. Um, which is going to be available very, very soon to to purchase. Um, the idea behind it, I called it away day because, to be honest, those are the th- when I when I think back to to when I used to go regularly, it was the it was the away days that you would enjoy the most. It would those are the ones that, especially sort of the longer ones when you when you maybe go away, make a night of it or or something like that. Those were the those were the ones when you went with the same group of people you go every week and. and and, and you spend an awful lot of time sitting, having a drink and reminiscing and talking about that. So I called it the away day, away day Pilsner. And, and hopefully people will be able to just sit down and, and have a have a reminisce and have a chat um, about, you know, some of their favourite away days. And, and perhaps we could do a do a special podcast maybe at some point where we could where we could do just that. Reminisce about your best away days. Yeah. Absolutely. That sounds great. So the beer, where can you get it um, and it who is be... it in partnership with? It is in partnership with Mysterious Brewing. It is, uh, it's got a nice bit of green on it. Um, lovely picture of a floodlight, uh, which Neil Graham gave us permission to use on the can. Um, and it will be available very soon. Just follow all of our channels, newsletter, whatever. Um, you'll be able to to get it. Lovely, perfect beer for cans on the bus on the way to an away day. Yes. Oh, indeed, indeed. Um, we. Oh, sorry. I should also say. Um, uh, a pound of it, a pound of every sale, we're going to donate to Launchpad, the homeless charity in Reading. And we'll put a little bit of money in the FIB kitty to help towards costs for the awards next year. Lovely job indeed. Yeah. And that, just another reason to uh, get yourself a six pack for your next trip, wherever that may be. 
Good, good, good. Well, one more item on the agenda here, Tom, and I think you're going to be taking the lead again. That just says uh, Ross Herridge. <laughs> yes. uh, a slight crossover with your new job, perhaps, uh, and yes. something you might have spotted through those channels. But uh, ah, it, no, it wasn't me that spotted it. Uh, I, I was bizarrely sat uh, in the in the pub local to us on Sunday afternoon, watching the watching the wrapping up of the the cricket. I was only in the pub for about twenty minutes, but mm. just wrapping up the, the the final, the the cricket World Cup final, um, and I got a message from Roger Herridge, uh, who is no relation uh, to, to this chap, um, despite what Roger got him to put in the in the local <laughs> paper about 10 years ago. Um, yeah, he said, do you recognise that guy on the telly? I was like, no. I said, that's, uh, that's Ross Herridge. And um, yeah, so it, it turns out that, that Ross, who, who played um, a fair bit uh, in his youth for Bracknell and Wokingham and Embrook, um, went on to play for uh, Reading Town, the old Reading Town side in the first team, um, played a couple of, played a few games for Bracknell Town as well in the first team. Um, he, uh, I don't know, it was about 2014, I'd completely forgotten this happened, but he went off to be a um, physical coach for Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club. And obviously, having forgotten that that happened, then hadn't realised that he'd also had quite the quite the upward trajectory in, in his in his career that that meant he moved to Australia and was at teams like the Sydney Sixers. I've written all this down. Um, a couple of other teams. I think the New South Wales the New South Wales side, and eventually the um, physical performance coach at Australia. So he was at the Cricket World Cup on the bench, and it was quite. Nice. I love little stories like that. They they are my favourite local football stories about someone who once played local football has gone on to do something like that. I, I love doing those. So uh, it was a really good one to do. It was proved very popular. Um, there are some incredible pictures of, of Ross and his, his hair um, that I cannot for the life of me find. But oh. it was um, it was quite an impressive hairdo. And if I ever do find them, um, I'm hoping to speak to Ross uh, later this week. So uh, watch this space. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely, you know, well done to him. Um, I did speak to reach out to a couple of former Reading Town players um, just to, to for a couple of couple of memories of him. I know um, Michael Buck played with him, um, a couple of other players. But I got hold of Mark Bartley, who's the long-serving Marlow manager, um, and Mark said uh, one thing about Ross was that he was always physically robust and had a maturity beyond his years when I was playing alongside him. Absolutely fantastic to see him on to great things and ultimately become a world champion with the Australian cricket team. Congratulations, Ross! So that's uh, that's really great. And just thanks to Bart's for uh, for filing that over to me uh, on the Sunday evening. Very, very cool. And nice to see people sort of, you know, within the uh, sporting community of Berkshire, continuing that uh, passion and having it lead to such, yeah. such uh, world champions. Really incredible. Very good. Well, that's about it for us this week. Unless anyone has any other business, no hands sticking up or anything. I feel like I should do, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head, except it's nice to be back. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Nice to have a little chat, isn't it? Break up your work yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, can I, oh, hang on, uh, just before we do, um, if you haven't signed up for our newsletters, um, you can go onto the website um, and I'll, it says that on the. I'll, I'll make it a bit more easier to to find it. But go and sign up for the newsletter. Every Friday we are producing um, some you know distinct content that's different to what you'll get on the website. It goes goes on the website eventually because that would be a waste. But Lish has provided a piece last week 
um, Rob, I'm going to get you to do a bit. Um, so there's usually a couple of bits every week that's different. Dave Wright, uh, the uh, long, you know, um, veteran reporter, Dave Wright, legendary reporter, Dave Wright, has got a piece this week going in about um, his love of non-league football and why he why he's still reporting on the game, even though uh, he essentially retired a long, long time ago now. Um, so you know that that's a really great piece. Um, so please go and sign up for the newsletters because um, it's going to be um, some unique stuff every week. Brilliant. Very worth getting involved in that. And as you've uh, covered basically uh, one of our forms of communication, why don't you tell everyone else where they can find all the rest of our content? Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on threads, although there's not much going on there. But um, LinkedIn is a good one to find us on. There's bits and pieces going up there. And you can also find us on Facebook. But most importantly, the website, footballinbarkshire.co.uk. Get over there for all of your local football news. Brilliant. Well, that's about it for us uh, today. So I'll say thank you very much to my guest, uh, our guest, our special guest, I should say, Alicia Povey, uh, for joining us this afternoon. Thanks, Alicia. No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, Tom, for joining me as always. You're very welcome. And thanks uh, to everyone for listening. And it's goodbye from all of us. Goodbye. See ya. See ya. <laughs> This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Rob Davis and featured guests Tom Canning and Alicia Povey. The podcast is produced by Tom Canning. The theme music is called Space Camp by Reading-based ukulele band Rocket Kings from the album Everyday Adventures and is available on Spotify. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads and of course at footballinberkshire.co.uk.